Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>
Well, let's do, you know, speaking of like, you know, social media and the old, the OGL fiasco, Mm -hmm. let's do a quick recap of what has happened in the past week for our listeners who don't really care, but we, it's, it's baked into the podcast. We have to talk about it. And for those, for those uh, listeners that don't really care, what's interesting is, you know, when you say quickly recap, it really is a quick recap. It was a surprising turnaround. It's, it's a, it's a very quick turnaround. Um. Uh, basically, they we won. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's ultimately <laughs> that was what my it is. favorite tweet that I saw. Did I think we, it was MT, MT Black. Yeah. MT Black. Like, did did we win? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, if you are not aware, uh, if you followed the podcast of this point, you know that Wizards of the Coast tried a whole bunch of chicanery. Can I say chicanery? I is know. chicanery a word we can say? Shenanigans is safe. Isn't shenanigans. It? If chicanery has, I, this is one of those things. Yeah. So you know, you say a word, and then you're like, "Wait, does that word have some sort of sinister?" Because it might now. You know? Oh man! I, I mean, it always check. did, but now it might actually. Well, so for now, you're safe. You, you very clearly established that it was said in good faith. So. Okay. Well, a whole fiasco where Wizards of the Coast was trying fiasco, to... fiasco, really? fiasco. Yeah. You're going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm such a piece of crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Wizards of the Coast tried to pull the 1.0A o- um, OGL agreement, which was sending the entire uh, uh, D&D RPG publishing industry into mm-hmm. disarray and chaos and wailing and gnashing of teeth mm-hmm. and legal people chiming in here and there and everyone, a flurry of activity, new systems being announced. And then they finally backtracked and said, we're really sorry. We're going to do some feedback polls on some new drafts. Yep. And they did that one time and then yeah. randomly, out of the blue. Literally out of the blue. From nowhere, mm-hmm. they go, yeah, we're just going to make it open source. Right. Or they're not open source, uh, Creative Commons. Creative they Commons. said, we're going to keep the 1.0 AOGL. You can continue to use it. It's we will never rescind it again. Or try. Right. I yeah. think I think they did say that this they would was my, reword it. They're gonna reword it. I thought because that, if they just say not. like, "Hey, we give you our well, word," you know, I think they're I think they're just doing that more symbolically because I think use of the OGL 1.0 is probably you know sale. No one's gonna uh, do that. Anymore. No, everyone's gonna switch to the Orc license. I yeah, know. yeah. If they're gonna license it, yeah. um, and then the they then the really surprising thing, the mm-hmm. like out of left, and I can and I can see why they did it. Yeah. I can see why they did it. They took the system reference document for 5th edition, mm-hmm. the one that we've used, that all these other people have used, yep. to create 5th edition compatible material, and they released it as Creative Commons, mm-hmm. which they did not have to do. Attribution 4.0 International Creative Commons. It is now open for anyone to download, use, remix, commercially sell you Mm want to make t-shirts with stat blocks on it you do it they have no control over anymore yeah and all i can think of is so what they did just like um i don't remember his name it's i think it's Tycho. it's either gabe or Tycho from penny arcade who said you have walked into perilous waters of your own volition Mm -hmm. turn around and walk out yeah i think someone finally with maybe a little bit of brains and a little bit of a finger on the pulse said we need to not just say are bad we need to go in the opposite direction to staunch the bleeding to, to, mm-hmm. to, we talk, to tourniquet yeah. this wound that they have caused yeah so this is actually more beneficially in the favor of publishers than it was previously we are now in a better position mm-hmm. in terms of fifth edition material to use right 
that said, I'm still very much looking forward to looking at other systems and learning about other systems and playing with yeah. you and uh, other systems in the hopes of learning more for our design right. process. I also do think, I mean, nobody said it and it's nothing official. I, I just think this is probably the end of Wizards of the Coast Association with 5th edition. Oh, I, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to get a 6th edition. Yeah, that was... I, I think one D&D is... is that's done. Yeah, because the original the original intent was, oh, it's going to be backwards compatible yeah. with fifth edition. No, I, I think, think that the, the trade off for this creative economist thing is going to be, yeah, the one D and D is virtual tabletop mm-hmm. loot box. I th- I think somebody sat around a table potentially, and this is pure unadulterated speculation. But I think they said, I think a bunch of people sat around a table and somebody said, we feel that the future of this IP is digital. We're just going to leave the pen and paper to this community that clearly loves it so much. So we're going to leave stewardship in everyone else's hands. And going forward, we're just going to run this virtual tabletop and we're going to run going forward. We're going to do it ourselves. And I think that their their goal of turning D&T into a billion dollar IP as opposed to a $1.7 million IP mm-hmm. is going to be very much, very much dependent upon making that virtual tabletop product that they're working on. Mm-hmm. If it's not the best darn virtual tabletop Right. That's ever existed. I don't. I don't know. No, if they're it's. Gonna... I mean, and I'll go ahead and say it now. It's not going to work. You don't think so? No. I, I think people are just. They think they're putting too much technology into it, and it's too complex. And people are just going to go. Why don't I just keep playing World of Warcraft? Like it does all the work for me. I can right. go wherever I want. Nobody's telling me where to go. I don't need to wait for somebody. If you make it so much like another product, why wouldn't you just go for the other product? Just go to the MMO. If you're going to make it so much like that, why you know? I, I just don't think it works. I, I think in the, in the end, it, it'll. It's just not enough. I don't. It's just silly, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, it's forgetting what Dungeons and Dragons actually is. They should have. They should have been making it easier for people like you and I to create and to create a marketplace of adventures and worlds and and to feed into this thing. But yeah, I just don't think it's going to work. But it will be interesting to see. As people, far as the yeah, as far as the virtual tabletop's concerned, I'm 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 less concerned with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's their focus. I yeah. think that's their biggest. Oh, for deal. sure. You know, oh, your character died. You want to? I think it was on N World today. I was listening to Morris's thing, mm-hmm. and I think he said, "Oh, you, you know, oh, your character died. You want to roll another one? Ninety nine cents." Oh my god! You know, and I was like, "If you could you know, see my face, I would never." But I think that's the goal. And I and from a purely horrifically terrible, awful capitalist perspective, I get it. Sure. Hey, you like that sword? You want it to look cooler? Forty cents doesn't. You know, fifty cents. We're not going to start cool. charging for transmogs. Sure, for sure. Which you have to do in World of Warcraft. So, yeah. And I just, I think you're just making an MMO. <laughs> yeah. But that's all done and it's behind us. And I think, I think we can now just, you know what is it? it I think Sly Flourish was saying we're all 5e developers now. Yes. But I think it's almost like we're all just tabletop game developers. No longer just calling it D&D, I think is probably the shorthand that needs mm-hmm. to eventually go away. That's going to be a hard. Yeah, that'll be I hard. Do, I do think that losing the moniker is going to be... Mm-hmm. A lift I, that I think might be insurmountable. I don't think it you're might ever be. going to be able to drop Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, but really, at this point, you kind of should. But it could it become Kleenex or Tylenol. Well, that's or, the thing. You know? It's going to be like Band Aid. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that is the short, brief, you know, as best nine yeah. minute, ten minute update on the OGL situation. But the what that means for us here at the Fourth Pillar of Play is that means that we can now once again start developing mechanical aspects, monster stat blocks. Yep and things like that, without fear of shooting ourselves in the foot, even though, again, it's laughable to think about us in terms of like anything comparable, right. but I don't even want to get started down a road where I could 
I mean, how disappointing would it be? It, exactly. <laughs> to actually maybe uh, reach some level of success and then be completely undercut. Even if just some rando NPC said, oh, I come from the town of Esterach, it'd be like, what? Yeah, that would, that would make me sad. Yeah, there's Esterach. They're up in the, in the jungle. They live up on these giant bridges. No, no, man. It's a throwaway, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last week... Let's let's jump into our gods, uh, our gods discussion. Let's get holy. Yep. Um, last week we talked about the role of the different tiers of divine beings in Esterok. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, Iliastrians, who are mortal divine beings. We talked about a still here for two unnamed level of remnant gods, um, both good, uh, benevolent, and malevolent. Yep. That uh, wander. And we went with. Were we going to go with just calling those demigods? Demigods is what we're working filled, with right yeah. now. Okay, so there'd be demigods, um, orphan gods, or orphan gods, yeah. little orphan Annie gods, mm-hmm. and at the top of the at the top of the pinnacle, actual deity beings that come into existence because the people stranded on Astarok as their population booms over a thousand years and their religion religious ideas change over a thousand years actually spring into being. And one of the things I think it was interesting when we were talking about those was the idea that um, because these people are aware of other gods that existed in their other worlds, mm-hmm. their idea of these gods would be less like, that's Tom, the god. Mm-hmm. It's more like they're forces. Yeah. These are forces. Yeah. Oh, this is a primeval savage world. Deity beings would be primeval savages. Almost like they didn't think to create a god. They're just like, oh my gosh, nature is so scary. Nature, 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 nature controls everything. Right. Oh my god, nature is in charge of everything. Oh, nature now has manifested as an actual deific being. Yeah. So that's what we sort of came up with. And we talked through our version of a god, of the yeah. god of nature, yep. our pinnacle. I posted a blurb about him that we I wrote up based on that episode. And I gave him a quick name and I called him Cole. K-H-O-L. <laughs> Stupidest thing I ever did. Well. For those of you who can like go back historically through the Instagram posts and see who's Cole, because I don't know, because now all I can think of is that I'm gonna buy more and save or buy less and save more or something. Right. Well, every couple of prayers gets you a handful of Cole's cash. Cole's cash. <laughs> um, the more you pray. The I don't more know. We can... have some listeners in England right now, so they might yeah. I don't know if Cole's know. is a branch in England. But here it is a discount clothing home goods store. Yeah, yeah. It's just a. It's like a, it's actually more of like our higher end ish. Yeah. Uh, department store chain. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like yeah, exactly. It's so it, it kind of chain. goes. I would say most people would agree that it goes um, Walmart, Target, Kohl's. <laughs> like that's okay. kind of the progression. Like you're you're gonna move up the quality in your mind. I can return stuff from Amazon purchases at Kohl's, that's which the is the only reason I go there. That's the whole building. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I totally. <laughs> they I moved it the other day, and I was like, "Where do I return this silverware organizer that doesn't <laughs> fit my drawer?" <laughs> I know. How else am I gonna find it? Um, if only you could pray to somebody, the God Cole. The God Cole. So, oh, there it is. <laughs> Proud of to you. And they also gave you five dollars off if you spent it the next twenty four hours. I know. <laughs> They're like, here, they really want you to. Please don't just come in and return stuff. No, just using you and moving on. Exactly. <laughs> I think I've thrown away so many of those five dollar oh, yeah, coupons. I know it's terrible. Um, yeah. So Cole will not remain named Cole, but uh, we did. I did like as I was writing some of the stuff. One of the things I liked about it was this idea of that the god of nature is not. First of all, doesn't is genderless because again, manifested basically as a force. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of it being many faced. Right. The god of nature is many-faced. 
the the god of nature can be the river, the ocean, the storm, mm-hmm. thunder, the and mountain. And then I was saying earlier today when we were talking about it, I like the idea of, uh, what was, uh, I always forget his name, keep wanting to call him Olgra, the demon, Panoptic. Oh, Oregal. Oregal. And it's a good I name. I can't wait I to come can't. up with Oregal's. Yeah, so I just Orgal like stuff. that idea where I was talking about Oregal having an exchange with uh, Target. <laughs> Cole. <laughs> you know, with the god. Um, and the idea that the god, all of a sudden, you know that it's there because a small tree, a sapling has come and turned into like a mighty huge oak and it's, you know, just brimming with life or, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, just having this conflict between the two of them having this discussion because I did come up with a reason for why, and we will continue to use coal because we don't have anything else, um, why coal would abide demons right in the world officially, because the only thing that really, that is, a, I was guessing I came up with. The only thing that could really challenge Cole in the end is the Eldritch forces that the demons and the devil spend their time keeping contained. Yep. Which is why she would tolerate she would tolerate uh Oracle. Yeah. You know, and his We're probably gonna switch back and forth, listeners, between Well, I will probably always do Are you gonna always refer to Cole? That is my my preference is to always try to remember to swap through genders and maybe throw in a they and the you know, to keep Mm -hmm. that kind of vibe going. And I like that too. I think when it comes to writing it down, we'll have to Stick with they, probably, right? I will go back to the old Palladium days. Okay. The Palladium books would just randomly choose he and she. You know, as far as their genders, they would go, you'd be talking one paragraph, they'd say, um, say your character gets a new gun, and he's going to go ahead and take a shot. He'll roll next, you know, he'll roll whatever. Next paragraph, same character. She could grab a sword. You know, they would just jump right between them. They would just leave them that way. Because you still knew what they meant by context, but it is a little... The English teacher in me is going, oh, sure. Just because, not because I care one way or another, but because I, because consistency is key. Sure. Um, but yeah, we would, we would lean towards that. <laughs> I like that. The other thing I thought about was as Cole is a, you know, blank and pitiless as the sun, my William Butler Yeats, mm-hmm. uh, he, she, they would have the attitude of, well, if you can survive, you survive. Right. I, I'm not here to dictate who lives and who dies. Mm-hmm. I am nature. I am the storm. I am, mm-hmm. I am the earthquake. I am the flood. Right. I'm the forest fire. Yep. If you survive it, congrats. If you don't, then it wasn't meant to be. I don't take a lot of time thinking about you. You I'm... know, this is death over here. So she'll, she'll show you the door. Exactly, yeah. and that that kind of gets us into where we want to go. <laughs> so what we want to do today, and what that brings us to, and I think it'll be really interesting, is should we we should we should Create some more gods. Yeah. And maybe talk about, we don't have to go through the process of the, you know, the different tiers of power of them all. Mm-hmm. I do want to do that, but we should, let's get some some gods Well, for brainstormed. You know, we did do the spitballing earlier of the general ideas. Yes. Um, I really, the more I've sat with, I really like the idea of having a lot of twins. I was thinking the same Make thing. Make it like a family mm-hmm. almost, and almost like a gathering, like a family gathering with the hearth. The one who speaks to people, as far as a high-end god, would have to be the the hearth god that I have in mind. Mm-hmm. That's your mother, your father, whatever right. you consider to be a parental being, it would... And that's when I tend to see people, if they're going to interact, they're going to interact with the hearth one more. Mm-hmm. It's going to kind of be the the bridge between right. Coles and everybody else. <laughs> and Sephora. It's that part right in between. <laughs> so it's... Um. But I, I always see that more as the bridge, but I just love the idea that when this pantheon gets together, it's, you know, again, again, Neil Gaiman, very much endless kind of vibe where they would get together and they're, they're twins. Each thing has two, you know, two facets to it. Mm-hmm. I really like the magic one where the one, the, the, the regular magic is, 
<laughs> is that Daisy the podcast dog? Daisy the podcast dog Snoozing. is snoring in the background. Um, so uh, <laughs> like, you know, I can only hear it. Um, I like the idea of the magic one being more of like a whimsical, mysterious, interesting, mm-hmm. but then having the older, you know, not actually twin, but like the older, more petulant. That's the one that represents nullomancy and... Right, and I just like the yin and yang. I like the yin so and yang as well. You can play with it. That push pull, the the opposite force, but directly together. You know, this inseparable. And there's a lot of articles about creating pantheons that talk about that. Yeah. That using dichotomies is a good way of doing it. Yeah. God of light and god of dark, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. I don't want to overwhelm us with a huge number of right. gods, but I do want to have like a unhealthy spread for the purposes of giving dungeon masters or game masters a right. tool to craft. Followers, cults, mm-hmm. motivations, conflicts, et cetera, et cetera. Churches, institutions, mm-hmm. temples, whatever they want to go with. Yeah. So idea. Mm-hmm. What if all of the other gods that we're going to come up with mm-hmm. also have a hard time talking to dad? Oh, sure. Mom, mm-hmm. father, mother, entity, Cole. Yeah. Like, no, nature doesn't even talk to us the right way. Right. <laughs> that, we, we can sort of sense what he, they want, but right. we also... I mean, because I also like the idea in a certain way, and the, and the dichotomy is appealing also to me, because like maybe um, they're surviving Estrach just as much, just in their own way, and they mm-hmm. only have each other. Because that's kind of... It makes sense because that's kind of the basis of Estrach. Like, right. everyone got cut off, everyone was alone at one point, and they all had each other. In our discussion about The Last of Us, I always picture Estrach as the anti uh, you know, post-apocalyptic world where everything falls apart, everyone came together. Right. Um, and I just like the idea that the gods are also, you know, you have that partner, like them or not, but that's who you struggle. You know, Estrach isn't a cakewalk for the gods, and I, I, I dig that idea. Now, I do have one with with the, the mm-hmm. twins, the dichotomy, the yin-yang, yeah, the, yeah. the one god that I feel like should maybe not have a direct corollary. Mm-hmm. It's going to be my favorite god, because it's my favorite god in every pantheon, mm-hmm. and that's the god of death. Well, yeah, I mean the death, but the way thing we described earlier is right. the duality. They, their their duality is themselves. Yeah. So we talked earlier about an idea, and it was based on a on a picture I saw. Mm-hmm. So do you you want to start? Should we just can we just talk about the god of death for a second? Yeah, uh, and also um, the trickster is another one that doesn't have a duality. Okay, to me, I thought maybe the trickster could be the opposite of your forge creation. Well, see, I, I was thinking um, nature, hearth. Death and this trickster are, are kind of the primary one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of break all the, the typical rules. And then you, as you go down the power yield, okay, then you go into the, the actual Astarachian um, dynamic, the dichotom, dichomatic, dichomatic, di- I'm not sure. The no. dichotomy gods. And mm-hmm. then you get into the demigods, the orphan gods down in the. Okay. But and that's just me. All right. So above all things, we have nature. Yep. Coal, name to be changed. What was that one? I'm going to look at you. Go oh, okay. Next. So based on a picture, I saw a photograph of an animal that had died in a snowstorm on an Arctic location, and it had died half submerged in water. And maybe it was just like its spine or something, but the part of the animal that was frozen beneath the ice was preserved. And the part that was exposed to the air and the wind and the snow and the sun had decayed and was skeletal. So you had this, and it, you know, there was, it wasn't exactly a clean break between the two, but it was this shocking image of an animal half, half looking alive and half looking like a corpse. Mm -hmm. And I find that fascinating. And that right there is immediately the image that I love for the God of death. 
Yeah. I like it to have an animal visage. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what animal. Right. The, the animal changes. Yep. But the idea the God of death is split. Mm-hmm. The dichotomy is there because life and death, life and death are right there. It's not the God of life. It's the God of death. But half of the God of death is when, when it is seen. Right. Is well, what is death without life? Exactly. You know, you, you can't have one without the other. And all the other gods would also kind of be like wary of the god of death mm-hmm. because, because as always, it can come for the gods it too. It can come for the gods too. Yeah. So, just from the point of view of iconography and world building and cool cultural stuff, I love the idea of the god mm-hmm. of death being half decayed skeletal corpse. I also love the creative freedom of not having to lock any of our gods into a particular look. Correct. Just. So, like, if you're if you're doing you're setting something in um, Point Reach, yeah, well, well, in Arctic, in oh, an, Ar- yeah. oh, an Arctic right. region of Estrock, and you want to make it a polar bear, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Hey, look, a polar bear!" But then they see it's half decayed. They're like, "Oh shit, <laughs> not just a polar," you know. And you can make him look cool. He's got glowing eyes, whatever. You know, you can add more to that. But I just like the idea that you could make the God of Death fit and still have that same presence regardless mm-hmm. of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of somebody feeling like, you know, trapped in a dungeon and one of the tricksters saying and they're they can feel life ebbing away and a cockroach comes by and they don't really pay much attention to it, but they roll a perception check and half of it is desiccated and wrong. And they're I like, know it's fudge. <laughs> you caught making, that one. Making sure we're keeping it on the I know on the family friendly side. <laughs> I've already got to think like, oh, I'm gonna have to come up with a beep noise. Yeah, that, I, I was like that one you fudge. just the one you just said. Well, no, we can. We, Are we, we can, allowed one? We're allowed that. It's like the PG thirteen. Yeah, we just can't go crazy. Okay. You know, if people listen to us, they can't go. You said you were family. You were clean and family friendly, but then you, you know, we do try. Yeah, I think for we've mm. definitely sworn before. It's not okay. the end of the world. Um. Yeah. So th- that's my favorite right there, and mm-hmm. also, and you know. I hate always coming back to things that are like really popular in Vogue, but right. the idea that different areas would have different interpretations of those gods would mm-hmm. also be kind of cool. You know, yeah. how people who live in Graghold in the mountains would see the god of death will be different than the people who live in Point Reach and the people who live in Last Call and people mm-hmm. who live in all of the varied settlements along the way. It's possible to all have different interpretations of how that god of death manifests. Mm-hmm. That is something that I thought was really interesting in. Critical Role, which I know, like, it's very, very vogue, but, sure. um, and that was something with his God of Death, too. You know, he has the 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 Maven of Ravens, because they're trying very hard to delineate it from yeah. Watsi Properties. They may as well just call it Not the Raven Queen. Not the Raven Queen. Yeah. But um, in their most recent campaign, they go to a different area that's got a completely different cultural vibe, and part of that is that the God of Death is called the Dusk Maven, and they see it in a different way, and its iconography is slightly different, mm-hmm. and its its attitude towards it is different, and that was neat. Like you've yeah. got, like it helps create a three dimensional cultural tapestry yep. that you know people could see the God of Death in different ways. Well, it's funny because I don't I don't watch Critical Role. I know it by summaries, and I love mm-hmm. the animation, and you know, so I'm familiar enough with it. Right. Um, now that they're animating everything, I avoid summaries because I want to be somewhat surprised. Sure. Um, so Critical Role does the different interpretations. So I don't watch it. But what I also had in mind was I like the idea of like the hospitality, the hearth type God. Hospitality is different things in different communities. Yes. You know, and so he would be represented differently to everyone. But how do we make it so that we still know, oh, that's, you know, hearth God. You right. know, maybe manifesting different. He looks different. Well, and maybe the hearth God doesn't manifest. That's right. the other thing. We have to decide how... One of the things we're going to talk about is how how present 
are these gods in the lives of mortals? So I like the idea that this that the hearth god is very okay. And what I like about it is I like the idea to allow people that are creating stories to wonder whether or not they can fully trust the hearth god because the hearth mm-hmm. god will often be the one saying, "Oh well, you know, the nature god." You know, her her will is really that we do this. And then some people can go, yeah, but is it? You're the only one who can hear, and that's weird. You know, like, I just like the idea that it could be a benevolent god, but maybe it's not. I think the line between benevolent and malevolent should probably consistently be a little bit of a question mark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because they have their own motivations, their own... I mean, these are beings that might be resentful of being manifested into existence at all. Yeah, true. So... Because who knows, you know, yeah, there's lots there. Um, all right, so we have God of Nature, mm-hmm. Coles. <laughs> Cole. Don't 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 no don't sue us trademark people. Right. Um Cole. We'll change the name. Nature God. We have the Death God, which again doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. We'll try to come up with some names or titles yeah. um in the as we go forward. I came up with a bunch for the nature god. Yeah. But we I, we'll get some proper names. Someday we're gonna have a four hour episode, which is us catching up on all the names we say oh, we're gonna get oh to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, that'll all have to happen in between, I think. No, we just have um, to sit there. Just <laughs> Eventually, we just have to have the mic booms. You have the Google Translate The mic out booms and... down on the ground, and we're just like staring at the ceiling, throwing playing cards in the air. <laughs> what about card? Have we named one card yet? Uh, it's the god doorknob. Yeah, exactly. I'm too tired. <laughs> so we have our god of nature. Yeah. We have our god of death, who mm-hmm. exists separate from the rest as yep. a force that is even mistrusted by the other gods. Um Almost as inscrutable and unknowable as nature itself. Yep. So they would be the opposite. The opposite, you know, they sure. see the nature god as the peak and the god of death is outside of the structure. Mm-hmm. But really, what it is is the god of death is the balance to the god of nature. Right. Because that is life. Yep. And what is life if not part of death? I toyed to the idea of the god of nature also having death as part of it, as like the full cycle in one god. Right. See, I thought I start. so I did the same thing. You probably did the same thing. I started thinking of all these ideas and became so philosophical, metaphysical, high-minded, and I'm just like, but nobody wants to play that. No, yeah, exactly. And this is going to be like, you know, two pages in a book, right. theoretically, you know, right. we're like, here, here's some background Until stuff. Until we create their deities and demigods, which was like my favorite book when I was, oh, yeah? I loved the old original deities and demigods book. And all it was was a bunch of probably, if I go back and look at it, really poorly represented other cultures. <laughs> I cannot imagine it was, you know. Um, so then let's move on from nature, life, and death. Mm-hmm. Into some, now, the first, you've, you've referred repeatedly to the hearth god. Tell me your thoughts on a hearth god. Well, again, it was, it's born out of the idea that, um, you know, shelter is so much more important. <clears throat> and so normally a hearth god is just a thing, like I said, hey, you know, you pray to the hearth god that your bread rises properly. Um, but this one is, I feel, takes a more active role because shelter is valued at such a higher level and people are far more likely to beseech because again it's a whole world that is turned against you right and that is always working against you so your safe space is very safe as houses right and so they they take that to heart everyone really considers their home so you know does the hearth god require you extend hospitality what happens if you you know um, upset the hearth god you know so somebody's following the hearth god and then, you know, you're wandering the jungle, but they invite you into their hovel and then you steal their food. How right. does the hearth god handle that in a world where it, it's very hands-on? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find that interesting. That, like, goes back to, um, like, Dante's Inferno stuff. Yeah, I guess so. The, at the, the frozen lake at the center of hell with three-faced Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's what is it the the lake dis or whatever it's mm. been a while that sounds right. but it was um betrayers and it was mm-hmm. betrayers of kin betrayers of country but one of them is betrayers of guests yeah I just think that's interesting because four it, parts. everything, everything, everything in in, in Astarac, the stakes are higher, right? Um, and that's why a hearth god matters more to me. I, for some reason, I'm just really enamored with the idea of a hearth god being a big deal because mm-hmm. shelter is such a big deal. I just think about how important it would be, um, especially how powerful it could become because the people that live up on the colossal expanse, you know, are so afraid of living on the you know the jungle floor, if you will, yep. and it would just empower a deity quite a bit. I mean, there's not a ton of cities, there's not a ton, but I just feel like, I feel like anxiety and fear is a huge motivator sure. for faith. And I just think it would be, just be so powerful. You couldn't ignore it. Okay. So we have a hearth god. Yeah. What's the hearth god's evil twin? And an evil twin is the bad way of phrasing it, but right. what is the other side of the hearth coin? We do like a, I don't know, I'm just, I hadn't thought of it. I should have maybe. Um, Wandering? Well, then that would be the traveler. Yeah. Like mm. we can't say the traveler though. Yeah, that's true. Um, it would be the. It wouldn't be the god of travel. Well, is there a god of? Do you usually have a There's, god of misfortune? I don't know. Well, I mean, so is so if the heart of the god is the god of fortune and yeah, good things and fortune, safety, yeah. then maybe the opposite of that is. Is there a nomad god? Like that's what I'm thinking. Like chaotic nomad god. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because so, then you have like this comfort, and then this is like, well, maybe if I make this stone soup, it'll be delicious. God, you know, like right. you know what. I'm the nomad god, and you're out in Estrock right now, and I'm going to keep an eye on you by not letting that root kill you. There you go. You know, that's the opposite. It wouldn't be quite as powerful, but so you would. Yeah. Hearth and nomad. Yeah. Okay. So we have nature and death. Hearth and nomad. I also like the idea that the nomad god could is less kind. I don't know if that's the right way of saying mm-hmm. it, but like more, more, more apt to be more harsh. Um, yeah. No, you're wandering, and when you wander, you have to keep yourself safe. Yeah, it, you made a choice to leave the home. Yes, you know my sibling keeps you safe inside, but you've now ventured out. That means mm-hmm. you're braver of heart, but also more apt to right. have that heart eaten by a wild animal. Yeah, all choices have consequences. Exactly. You know, like yeah. fatalistic. Yeah, a little bit more fatalistic than optimistic. Mm-hmm. That could be it. It could be optimism versus fatalism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, nature, death. That's the beginning of Avatar: The Last Airbender. You know, <laughs> nature, death, hearth. Yeah nomad yeah what's next what's um, next we have a list here that we like brainstorm some ideas should we look uh, at yeah. it yeah we have death oh a god of magic yep we our god magic. of magic there has to be, because there's magic is so prevalent mm-hmm. um as is no magic mm-hmm. um the uh, lack of magic nullomancy yep. as, as we've been referring to it yeah so a long time. yeah i know that's be- well. We've had a nullomancer idea since before we had an Esterok. Yeah, that was, that's we're like we want to do a wizard who's an anti-magic wizard. Yep. Um, they just cast a spell magic a lot. It's probably really boring in actual execution, and we got to come up with some ways to make it fun. Oh, uh, I think I have notes somewhere to make it fun. Okay, cool. To make it interesting. So our god of magic, I like to imagine the god of magic would probably be very closely tied to people's perception of Iliaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I imagine them like dripping, like a dripping liquid magic god. Yep. Uh. So, and I want, I, I guess I like the idea of it being angelic almost mm-hmm. positive, no matter what, even if you're afraid of magic, you can't keep it down. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, well, I, I, it's still like, you know, I'm sure, you know, a nuclear mushroom cloud isn't exactly pleasant, but I'm sure it's actually, I mean, when you look at it and you think of the immense, it's kind of beautiful. Oh yeah. You know, so I don't want it to be an ugly thing we're not saying nuclear explosions i know i'm just saying the actual visual you know 
it's awe-inspiring. Awe-inspiring. Yes, but, that's And that's the thing about awe. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't have a quote. There's a fantastic quote at the beginning of Terry Pratchett's book. I believe it's Masquerade. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to look it up right yeah, now? Yeah, look it up. Okay, I don't have a copy of it on my shelf. It's one of the few Terry Pratchett books I don't have a copy of. But it's about elves, and it might not be Masquerade, but he talks about elves, and he talks about why you don't invite them in. And I think one of those things is he talks about they're... They are, they give awe. Elves are wonderful. They provoke wonder. Elves are marvelous. They cause marvel. Elves are fantastic. They create fantasies. Elves are glamorous. They project glamour. Elves are enchanting. They weave enchantment. Elves are terrific. They beget terror. The thing about words is that the meanings can twist just like a snake. And if you want to find a snake, pop up. If you want to find a snake and... You, if you want to find a snake, look for them behind words that have changed their meaning. No one ever said elves are nice. Elves are bad. Right. Sorry, there was a pop-up as I was, I was on a roll, oh. too, because I'd never read it before. And then it was just like, subscribe on Facebook. It's it's kind of a, it's a cool quote. Yeah, it's, yeah. But awe mm-hmm. can mean awesome, but it can also mean awful. Yeah, awful, terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, awful can just mean full of awe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, you know, well, I mean, that's like the whole, I mean, Judeo-Christian Bible angels, you know, first thing they always say is, fear not, because they're supposed to be horrific to look at. Right. <laughs> they're terrifying. And that's enough. When you see what some of those things look like, them just saying, that, that thing, that horrible, terrible thing, just saying, no, I'm relax, a, it's cool. Yeah, I'm a burning I'm burning wheel full of eyes with 17 wings. Right, and I've got like, you know, testicle tassels hanging off every edge of me. Everything's fine. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. So, but I like the idea of the God of Magic being awful, full mm-hmm. of awe, or yeah. great and terrible awes. Right, you know? and so you could see it if you if you think magic is a wonderful thing, it's the most beautiful thing ever. Right, sure. Yep. Yeah, but if you don't like magic, it's terrifying. Yeah. So, and it's 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 a being of light. Magic, it's it's light. It's. I think it's funny how much this pers- this podcast is secretly about the perception of reality in general. Period. <laughs> Like <laughs> this is just a really a secret vehicle for us to talk about our own personal philosophy. It's like a secret philosophy thing because like what does Eliaster do? I don't know. What do you think it does? <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it is not. You know, we're we're talking about how much your perceptions can, uh, you know, change the world, change reality, and I just think it's fascinating. We always that that's one of our core beliefs. I think in this mm-hmm. whole thing, so it's it's interesting. Um, so full of awe. Yes. So we have our awful, full of awe, yep. god of magic, and then the opposite being nullimantic, mm-hmm. a nullimantic entity that is, is a bit more realistic about mm-hmm. magic. I like the idea that they're the kind of the stick in the mud. Right. Whereas you have awe on the other hand, you're like, oh, that's that's great. However, you know, like mm-hmm. um, that's really wonderful that you can make the giant fireball. But do you know how many beings you'll kill if you let that go? You know, right. like I just like the I love the, I I want to write a book about just the interplay between these two, the action versus the consequence. Yeah, just like okay, but the thing is, <laughs> you know, and and always seeming like a killjoy, mm-hmm. um, because I like the idea that a wizard who loves magic and loves to use it and utilize it, unfortunately, gets to meet the nolamancy god, and he's just like, oh, you know, every time you burn that much Iliaster, this many herds of chorses die. <laughs> We didn't, we, we, oh, that's just, there's, how about that for, wait, for a random encounter. Oh, that's very random, okay. <laughs> World's shortest random encounter. Yeah. We have to go back and do a stat block for oh, yeah, we can, the, huh? the chores. By the way, I was going to actually propose that we actually just call them Talon Cat. T- 
Talon Cats. Yeah. I, I just you just happen to have a name. Like we're we're not going to be able to come up with like a Josh thing later. It's not intentional to be right. It just so happens. Name. But Talon Cat works. Yeah. So I would I think Talon Cat's good. All right. Maybe so we'll we'll, we'll we'll ask Rowan to do some art, mm-hmm. and we will sit down. and We'll come up with a stat block just to share yeah, as a we random. Forgot thing. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because the Talon Cat chores whatever mm-hmm. was in we were in mid development when the proverbial yeah, drag, dragon dung hit the giant yeah. fan. that is funny with all the the D world went like oh it's not yet february <laughs> you know february <laughs> it's, it's insane how, how it's crazy but. yeah so i mean if you think about it that's been about three weeks four weeks ago yeah and yeah. and everything in the D world kind of went to crap yep and now it's we we appear to be on a normalization, mm-hmm. um, but with new perspective. Yeah. So I do, but I do want to come back to the talent. Talent cat. I, I do think the talent cat's a cool name. Yeah, it's a cool name. That's why that's, I literally. That's one of the reasons said. I like my name. My, yeah. Now, now my name's spelled with two L's. But, now here's the question: yeah. Is this is this okay that you want to use talent on this? Yeah. Okay. I don't because I mean okay. There's like let's not be let's not you know be precious about it. There are words that go hand in hand with fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You know, dark. Talon, maybe we should name my trickster god Josh because people say Josh in you. <laughs> that something like that could work. We there could come up with something, but again, it's 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 more that Talon is a word that sure. shows up in fantasy all the time. I just happen to have the the luck of having a yeah, name. Yeah, it just so happened that like your mom got the birth certificate and she was just like, "I said Alan." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it was a. Uh, um, I tell a story of this, but uh, they tell a story of how I got my name, but evidently I've been getting it wrong. I clarified it with my mother. So, which one do you like better? Oh, I like my version. Then just better. go with yours because more who's, entertaining. Who's fact checking? And I, and I, so I said to my mom the other day, I said, I'm just going to fact check this story I tell people. She's like, no, that's, that's, that's not it. I said, well, I swear that that's what you told me at some point. Well, you never should have fact checked. I know. It. You I should have left it alone if well, you were happy with it. My mom doesn't listen to this podcast anymore. The origin of my name um, is that my mother couldn't name me and because I was born a boy. Oh. So I used to, to come up with something quick. Yeah. So. Evidently, Talon was going to be my, there was going to be some version of Talon that was for a girl as well. I used to think I was going to be named Kate, but I, I think that was incorrect as per my mother's fact checking. Oh. So I'll have to, I have to get the story again from her because I guess, again, the, the fiction that I've generated in my head over the years since I, I was a child. I wouldn't even get the straightened story. It's, yeah. Anyway. We'll make a bonus episode. You explain where Talon came Oh, okay. From, so. Yeah. But that's the end of the random encounter. We're going to go back and okay. do the Talon cat stat block. Yep. Um, and with some cool art. Mm-hmm. But all right, back to gods. Yep. So we have a Nullamancer god who's the stick in the mud. The So probably there's a lot of joy to the magic god. The, oh, yeah. The magic god is like childlike, like, mm-hmm. look what I can do. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. That's totally what I, I love I that the Nullamantic god is probably like the more responsible younger sibling. Yeah. Like, I, yes, actually, that's a good one. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like Pugsley to Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have, all right. Nature, mm-hmm. death, hearth, nomad, magic, nullamancy. Um, and you know, we've kicked around some ideas. Um, a, a forge smith technology god, I like the survival god being I'm sorry, I was just looking at the list. I just like the survival god being like a sidekick to the nomad god, well, or like, just or hangs out one of the aspects of the, nomad. the same, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, survival, like, but not survival in like, or like I a help herald you survive, to him. like a herald to him, sure. Yeah. Hey, your praying paid off. <laughs> um, a god of travel, but that would also fall under the nomad god. Mm-hmm. You would. I'm going to come back to the elements. What about a god of the hunt? Is that also an aspect? Or is our nomad god getting overloaded? Yeah, I mean, we can make the hunt separate because you don't need to be a nomad. I mean, if you 
to hunt to require hunting, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's hunters that work for the various, um, you know, that provide meat and mm-hmm. whatnot, you know, hunter, fishermen for uh, the various civilizations and settlements. So then what would be the opposite of the hunting god? It'd probably be the farming god, the god of agriculture. Yeah, like a harvest god. A harvest god. There yeah, you go. So right. hunt and harvest. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. That was easy. We yep. have a hunting god and a harvest god. Yep. Now, one of the things, this is just a, a quick aside. We have to come up with domains for all of these. Mm-hmm. And I did check the SRD, 5.1 SRD. There is only the light domain in it. Really? Or, oh, yeah, that's right. You were saying The life domain. That. Yep. So we can say, like, for instance, one of the things that came out in either Tasha's or Xanathar's, they did, in, in the Dungeon Master Guide, there's the death domain. Mm-hmm. But it's the evil death domain, right? Right. And then finally, it has become very vogue and popular in the past 10, 15 years to have a neutral slash good death god. Right. Instead of move away from death as the scariest thing Exactly. And more into a much more zen. So a lot less Judeo-Christian, a little bit more... Exactly. Worldly. Let's let's drop the fire and brimstone type. Mm -hmm. And so one of those books, I don't remember which one, has the grave domain, which is the positive death domain. Okay, yeah. Um, but we can't use that because it's not in the SRD. So we would have to come up with our own positive death domain. Well, I like I like the idea, too, of different domains because I really like the idea of mixing up clerics. I think it'd be neat if you were a cleric of, like, a hunter domain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you even, you even present differently than what people consider for a cleric. Right. I think that's cool. Because yeah. I, I do tend to think of clerics as pretty much the same thing, just a different god. Well, and that's just... I mean, that's, and that's play style. probably, again, yeah. lack of imagination and play style on my part. Because, you know, me and clerics, I'm just kind of like, meh, whatever. <laughs> See, and I think, I think clerics are kind of cool. Right. But there's nothing... Stop- I'm not a lapsed Catholic, though. It, well, there you I go. I have no draw to clerics. <laughs> the, the idea of, you know, your character in a Dungeons & Dragons game or any RPG game having to look a certain way based on their class is mm-hmm. one of those areas where I like to f- try to flex changing that. Like, I'm yeah. going to play a... A paladin who's dressed like a ranger. And I'll be fair to Watsy, yeah. right? Um, the books don't depict... The, nope. the, the books depict, if they draw a picture, you know, for each given subclass, they definitely, you know... What's they the change one, it up. Yeah, what's the one... Uh, there's, I want to say in Tasha's, maybe there's a representation of one of the domains for the clerics, and he's like a handsome dude with like a fur. He's like shirtless almost. I wanna, mm-hmm. There's one, you know, like this is the vibe. I mean, they're definitely tried to pull you away. But again, because I go back so far in D&D, I just see them as like the stodgy warrior, yeah. uh, you know, monk, priest, priest. Yeah, so that's I, that, I do want to look at that. I want We should look at some other campaign settings and see how they do that because mm-hmm. I can't imagine that every other campaign setting has written. Because, I mean, every domain is basically a, a, a subclass. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine they've got like a chapter full of just all the different cleric subclasses. Right. They might, they have to say something like, oh, it's the light domain. Right. Find a light domain that you like with the, yeah. okay, yeah, I'll pull it from the player's handbook kind mm-hmm. of conceit. Mm-hmm. And then you come up with a couple of, oh, here's some domains that don't exist anywhere else. We're going to write those. Right. Um, so, all right, we have nature, death, hearth, nomad, magic, nullomancy, hunt, harvest. Now, elements. You had said you had Strong feeling about elements. What were those feelings again? Um, it was that they were. So I had the. So now I'm trying to remember it. So we had the. I had the idea initially way back when. If you had an element that was cut off from the element plane, what would oh, happen? Oh yeah, an to elemental. It? Yeah. 
and so that's basically what I have in mind for the gods, you know, okay. the, an elemental god, because that is also a thing that can override. That's kind of outside the control of a primal force. Nature. It's very primal, right? Okay. It's outside of the control of the nature god, really, and can mess with them. Yeah, I wonder how that would we. So we should probably save that then. We should, yeah. we should do something cool with elementals. Yeah, it'd be like a threat. Like it should be a big deal because I mean, there's a big thing about the elementals being banished back to their thing and. Mm-hmm. You know, back to their you know plane of fire, and if you cut them all off from that, do they become smarter? Do they become more powerful? Do they bond with Iliaster? Do they make deals with demons and become fire demons? And you know what happens? Like, there's, right. I don't know. I just always I consider them a significant thing. No, all of the the elements because they are cut off from their elemental plane desperately seek some sort of connection to something they can no longer connect to. And so they instead bestow their special abilities relating to each of their elements onto special monks that then can fight using powers from their... Elements. So then, and they create maybe small, small nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And keep going. This sounds very original. <laughs> um, but we should come up with something unique. For or elements. they could each of the monks maybe some. There could be a subset of monks that maybe gets like special rings. Yes. And when they raise the rings aloft, they can maybe combine those elemental powers into some kind of. But there'd have to be a unifying force there, like something, something that's because like... you'd have to. You can't just have like a bunch of power. You got to have some, you some know, some heart, heart to bind. <laughs> together all i see now for that is i just see don Cheadle. Don, yep, yep don Cheadle as captain planet is yeah. the best thing you can youtube it's i don't know it's probably dated now if but. i put it in the show notes i'm wondering if that would affect our <laughs> our family friendly rating yeah, because i'm pretty sure there's some there's some blue language in that it gets a little bit yeah but um it's fun. but if you if you if you're interested you should check out the snl sketch with don Cheadle as it's captain actually planet. uh funnier die Oh, it's Funny or Die. Oh, I thought it was SNL. Uh, it's either College Humor or Funny or Die. Okay. From All right. But All right. SNL started to copy that vibe. Probably right. Funny or Die because Funny or Die was getting um, uh, Will Ferrell. That was Will Ferrell and his buddy there started Funny right. or Die. So. With the, the landlord. Yes. The yeah. landlord. Um, okay. So narrative structure. Let's talk about it. So we've got, we've got a handful of gods here. Mm-hmm. That's, I think we're pretty good. Yeah. We're going to move on to the... Uh, demigods next because honestly I, I, I'm more excited about the demigods and the demons and devils sure I mean the top the top level pantheons are rarely going to be touched like I said this pantheon is going to be a sidebar this right. it theoretically would be a sidebar page right. but I mean you're welcome we still to gotta do it. delve in and use them however you want mm-hmm. for sure and they will factor into historical lore you know whenever we if we choose to start writing that kind of stuff down like big deal but um, the nitty gritty is going to be the orphan gods, like yeah, the, because they're yeah. actual creatures. Yeah, they're they're beings. Yeah, well, they are high level monsters, and I also love that they're they're that we can use them as warlock patrons. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we, I know we, so uh, God of War is going to be orphan god level, right? Right, because we had thought about well, a god of war, and we said we didn't really. Again, this is just Talon and Josh's philosophy. One, mm-hmm. you know, philosophy yeah. fireside hour. Yeah, um, we didn't want a god of war. Yeah. Because really, what's it good for? It's just it's absolutely an, it's an easy way out. Yeah, you know, story wise. Oh, it's the God of War. He was doing it. Oh, he must okay. be bad. Ah. Him again? Why do we just let this guy run around? Like it just doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But I do like the idea that there maybe was a God of War for sure who was splintered. Oh yeah, and he's gonna be a son of a gun. Oh yeah, for sure, and quite a few because I'm sure that a god of war is a motivator for a lot of people that came. Oh, here. Can you imagine that there was like a war of between gods all of the war. different gods of war yeah. when they were splintered off, yeah. and they like highlandered themselves together, mm-hmm. and now they're this horrific monster, just chaotic, you know, bloodlust thing. It's one possibility. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I just, I mean, war would be a huge motivator, right? Even if you were coming to Astarok to, 
you know, plunder things and return back to feed your war in the other place, mm-hmm. you know, the other world, your other plane, wherever you come from. Um, just, you know, yeah. Really cool. I just, I, well, I, I, I'm right now, I'm just sitting here, I'm, I'm stewing and my brain is going, oh man, again, that Highlander between all these different war gods and then the one that survives. I just, again, right. iconography, I like, you know. And because we kind of have a point where you could, I mean, theoretically, when we're done, you could pick up a rat and, an adventure in Estrock and set it at any point in any timeline you want. Mm-hmm. And what a chaotic period um, when civilization is trying to build itself up and these maybe these war gods are going at it and you're writing an adventure where you're maybe playing a side. Maybe you have to escort people through right. some chaos and insanity. And you've got this big entity that used to be a god that's mm-hmm. draped in in chains hung with like the the hands or heads of other yeah, war gods, and he uses those as and weapons. There's and, still other war gods. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Or he like has a whole bunch of smaller, weaker war gods chained to him. Mm-hmm. That now he's risen as the most powerful. But though, though, I'm I'm kind of excited about the Congress of Demigods because yeah. I feel like those will create a lot more opportunities. Plus, well, I want to create a high level stat block. I've always mm-hmm. my, most of my stat blocks have been like right. CR thirteen and lower. And the Congress of Divinities could actually be um, a solution mm-hmm. to the chaos that a bunch of Evil, war gods going yeah. at it with each other it's like no we, got, we can't do this and that could because be again this. the the core of estrock is we have to work together like we're building something here mm-hmm. so pretty cool yeah so there's a lot of fun stuff on the on the future horizon but i'm mm-hmm. i'm also excited josh i'm very excited to get back into some mechanical writing mm-hmm. um i want to i really want to come up with that like i said i want to do the talon cat yeah stat block and i want to do i want to do a cr20 or a cr22 demigod stat block Okay. I think that'll be real fun. It'll be a great 100th episode, you're right. It'll be, well, it's going to be hard. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I, there's no doubt about it. Right. Um, do you know who we should look at for high-level uh, monsters is we should look at 2C Gaming. 2C Gaming does a lot of high-level monsters and adventures. Um, and I just got um, the 13th Age, which okay. is really built around that idea. Okay. I the didn't whole know that. icons concept. Um, it's built around the idea that you work for that you work for and closely and with the top dog superheroes of this right, world. Right, 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 right. And you're, you're with them. So, the, I mean, I'll, I'll look closely at that one because I've mostly been flipping through uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord. Nice. At, at the moment, so. Yeah, and no, we've, got, we've got some fun, cool, exciting ideas coming up mm-hmm. for other systems and things like that to learn and grow yeah. as we attempt to become game designers. Yeah. Um, but I do believe, it's been so wonderful having you here, but I do believe that that, friends, is all of our time for today. Auf Wiedersehen, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you again for everyone for listening, uh, downloading, and, and supporting the show. If you would like some more information or to read about our ideas that we've been kicking around, visit us at www.fourthpillaroflay.com. All spelled out. Where you can also like, follow, message us on Twitter or Instagram. Thank- um, yeah, and drop by with ideas. Please, Comment. yes. Uh, Probably. Preferably through Instagram or Twitter. Because... And if you're a represent, re- representative of Kohl's, um, let us know. I mean, if you want a sponsorship, that's fine. We can put some Kohl's <laughs> hey, listen, commercials in here. I will keep the name Kohl's. Oh, for sure. If, if they cut Because it's not check. like it doesn't sound cool, <laughs> but I'm just... <laughs> it's got a cool sound it to just, it. It does. It's just... So Kohl's, and I would insert your slogan right here, but I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I thought it would buy more, pay less. It, that doesn't sound like Kohl's. Yeah, it's got it less in it, right? I don't know. Anyway, Coles, obviously, we're the perfect spokespeople. Yeah. (laughs) So, Uh, thank you, everyone. Hey, hey, we look forward to creating more with you. 